one. When I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer. Jim Calhoun, NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Look Jr., man, Kirk Herbstreit is seven. on the phone. Here we go. It is Thursday, August 4th, 2023. People, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day, and I hope everybody is ready. Yes, do not check your Apple feed. We got a bonus Thursday episode of the Aaron Torres pod. And here's why I know some of you are tired about the realignment and expansion conversation, but it keeps changing by the day. And so we got two new pieces of news on Wednesday. One, I think is very significant one, not as much. And we are going to discuss both of them in a very quick bonus episode of the show. We are going to start the big 10 is officially they've entered the chat. They've entered the realignment conversation. That is because on Wednesday, Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports reports that the Big Ten, seeing the chaos in the Big 12 and the Pac-12, they have decided to reach out to some Pac-12 schools and just kind of dip their toe in the water, see what's going on there. Could it be Oregon and Washington now to the Big Ten? Could it be Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal to the Big Ten? We will discuss that. Uh, And then we'll very quickly talk about uh, a twist in ACC country. Florida State is very vocal about trying to get out of the ACC. I don't think it is going to happen. So we will discuss both those stories again. This is just going to be a quick bonus episode of the pod. But this stuff is constantly evolving. And it just feels like it couldn't even wait till Friday. Because by Thursday night into Friday, we could have completely new topics to talk about. So again, we're going to talk Oregon, Washington and Oregon, Washington, Stanford and Cal potentially to the Big Ten. Also a little bit on Florida State and the ACC to wrap the show. It's going to be a quick show. Want to pay some bills, toss it to our sponsors and we will come back and talk Oregon, Washington, Big Ten now in the mix and a little bit of ACC. Be right back. All right, we're going to get back to the show in a minute. But before we do, I want to welcome back our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred Sportsbook app. By now, you know Betfred Story started in 1967 in the UK, over a thousand shops in the UK, and they have now come to the United States and made a major splash. They are the presenting sponsor of not only all things Aaron Torres Media, but the Colorado Rockies, the Denver Broncos, the Cincinnati Bengals. And what I love about Betfred, Nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred does. I've been telling you that for a year. We have sent listeners of the Aaron Torres pod to Denver Broncos VIP tailgates. The Betfred suite at Cincinnati Bengals games is rocking. Betfred betters have thrown out first pitch at the Colorado Rockies games. Nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred. And here is what they are doing for you right now. How about this? Bet $50 on any game. Get up to $1,111 in free bets. Here's how it works. Download the Betfred Sportsbook app. Bet 50 bucks on anything you want to bet on. You automatically get $111 in free bets. But beyond that, you get up to $200 in insurance 
for your first five weeks as a Betfred customer, totaling $1,111 in free bets. I've told you for a year, nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred. They're the only book that I bet with, and I want to thank Betfred for being our presenting sponsor. But with that said, let's get to that topic of the day. And the topic of the day, listen, it's obviously this never-ending hamster wheel of realignment. And I apologize. We, we do it every day, but there's a new twist every day. And to explain the new twist from Wednesday, I want to tell you a little bit about a personality quirk of mine that might help explain why I'm talking about this so much and what is relevant from Wednesday. That personality quirk about me is this. Even though I'm not a journalist, um, I don't consider myself a journalist, a big jet. I like trying to figure out stuff. I like trying to figure out, take a bunch of puzzle pieces that seemingly don't fit and make them all fit together. I've told my wife many times, in another world, I think I would have liked to have been a police investigator, right? Go to the crime scene. What does this mean? What does that mean? You know, I, I watch 2020 and I watch all these Netflix reality shows and you sit there and say, okay, why did the husband say that? Why did she do that? What does that mean? Does that mean anything? Like, I'm that guy. I'm kind of annoying to watch uh, uh, these criminal documentaries about, but that's my personality trait. And so I bring it up because when it comes to this conference realignment stuff, listen, I think I've done as good a job as anybody covering it. But what I would also say is if you listen to this show consistently, I have said there is one piece of the puzzle I just don't get. I get why Colorado wants to go to the Big 12. I get why the Big 12 might stay at 14, take Arizona. I get why they might stay at 16. I get why Arizona wants to do this. I get even why a Utah and an Arizona State might want to stay in the Pac-12. I get why a UConn, a Gonzaga, somebody from outside would want to get into the Big 12. The one piece of the puzzle that I could not figure out over the last couple months was this. Why are Washington and Oregon seemingly just having zero interest in the Big 12? And it was funny, if you listen to Wednesday show, I said, it's like, it's like playing poker against somebody where you have the best hand, where you literally know you have the best hand and the other person just keeps check raising you all the time. And you're like, is there, is there a better hand than a Royal flush? And that was what I felt like with Oregon and Washington for the last couple of weeks. Do they know something we don't know? Well, on Wednesday, we got the answer to that question. And here's why. It is because Dan Wetzel from Yahoo, longtime college sports reporter, he was the first one to report that now the Big Ten is actively pursuing expansion and that the Big Ten would consider going from 16 teams next year, UCLA and USC are, of course, joining, to potentially 18 and adding Washington and Oregon, or they could even go to 20 and add Washington and Oregon and Cal and Stanford. And so there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot to discuss. But if this was the police uh, documentary on Netflix, this would be the part where I jump out of my seat and knock books off the shelf because now it all makes sense. It all makes sense as to why Washington and Oregon have been playing it so cool. Now, in terms of the specifics, listen, what I would say is not only according to Wetzel, but everyone that I talk to and, and other reporters that I've read throughout the day, this is a very fluid situation and it could move very fast and it could move very slow. 
And the Big Ten is in the very early stages of exploring this expansion topic. Part of it, bluntly, comes down to what does the Big 12 do going forward? If the Big 12 stays, you know, first of all, if the Big 12 completely whiffs on the Pac-12, I don't think the the, the Big 10 is going to raid the Pac-12 for Oregon and Washington or anybody else. If the Big 12 just goes to 14 instead of 16, does it make it less likely? We would find that out. Now, if the Big 12 goes to 16 and adds Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah, does it make it more likely? There are other factors as well. Again, do you go to 16 or do you go to do you go to 18 or do you go to 20? Excuse me. What do your TV partners want? There has to be more money in it. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense for the school presidents in the Big Ten to approve it. Again, expansion is not a charity thing. They're not doing it to help UCLA and USC so they have better travel partners. They would be doing it if it makes them more money. So is there a TV partner that's willing to pay those schools to become part of what they do? By the way, I just mentioned it. What do USC and UCLA want? We heard that USC was very adamant early on that they and UCLA were, were going to be the only two West Coast schools. Well, Mike Bone, the former USC athletic director, is gone. Has that changed? By the way, do you want to expand too quickly? Because who knows what's going to happen with the ACC. And if you grab a bunch of Pac-12 teams, it leaves you maybe on the outside looking in if a North Carolina becomes available, if a Virginia becomes available, somebody like that. So there are a million moving parts. But I guess what I would say, if I have two broad theses about this, one, I'm ultimately not surprised. And two, for the first time, I really don't know what's going to happen next. Now, from the I'm not surprised perspective, again, it goes back to what I said to lead this segment. All along, Oregon and Washington have played it cool. All along, Oregon and Washington have had zero interest in the Big 12. I never fully understood why, but I guess what I would say is it does come back to something that I talked about on this show probably about three or so weeks ago, maybe a week ago. I, I All these conversations are running together. But I had, I had an interesting conversation with somebody plugged in in West Coast football probably, you know, a month or so ago. Um, and I remember I, I just asked him, I said, I can't put this Oregon-Washington puzzle piece together. And what he told me is bluntly, he's like, look, Oregon and Washington are not going to the Big 12. They have no interest. And really, it's all about Phil Knight, right? Like Phil Knight, you know, you, you can say this guy's the athletic director at Oregon. This guy's the school president. Dan Lanning is the football coach. Phil Knight is the guy who runs the athletic department in that university, and he's the one that's calling all the shots. And the Big Ten is what he has wanted since the day that USC and UCLA have left. Now, at the time, it might not have been an option, but stuff has changed. And what I was told was whether it was waiting it out in the Pac-12, whether it was buying his way into the Big Ten, whatever it was going to take, he wasn't going to the Big 12. And the bottom line was he was, you know, listen, what he was willing to, whether it comes down to taking a partial TV share, so not getting the same as the other 16 Big Ten schools going forward, if it meant staying in the Pac-12 and basically subsidizing the athletic department for a couple years, so the, the Pac-12 is only making $20 million, but we can have a short-term deal that gets us to the Big Ten faster when they do decide to expand, we'll do that. But I'm not surprised because that was the only logical explanation was that Phil Knight wanted the Big Ten and that Phil Knight was going to make the Big Ten happen through hell or high water. So I'm not surprised from Oregon and Washington because, again, every action that they have had 
for the last couple months has indicated that the Big 12 was not an option. And I don't think anybody really felt like staying in the Pac-12 was a realistic option either. Now, from the Stanford Cal perspective, that's a whole nother, you know, ball of wax. And what I will tell you, and I do find this part interesting, I remember very early on, shortly after UCLA and USC left, I remember talking to somebody at Stanford. And what he told me, he was like, dude, we really ain't worried. He's like, everybody's focused on Oregon and Washington. He's like, we feel pretty good that if the Big Ten goes beyond 16 teams, that we're going to be the second call behind Notre Dame. And again, at that time, they were tied to Notre Dame. But his argument was essentially the Big Ten, listen, we think of it as football brands in Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State and Wisconsin. The Big Ten, ultimately, as we remember from COVID, it is a group of academics that consider themselves superior to everybody else, and they want to rub elbows with the Stanford people. And so what I could tell you is my Stanford guys were like, we feel pretty good that whenever they expand, they're going to want us because in the same way that maybe a Ryan Day or a Jim Harbaugh wants to compete against Oregon and Washington, the school presidents, they want to rub elbows with whoever's running Stanford right now. So Stanford to me makes sense. Cal a little bit less, but you got to get to 20. You got to get an even number. Um, I, I do think if Notre Dame somehow said, you know what, we're in Cal, you got to get it. You got to get the heck out of here which could be a factor as well. I don't think Notre Dame is interested even now in joining a league. But the one thing I will say is this stuff is fluid. And the one thing that stands out to me, I can sit there and say that all throughout this stretch, I feel like I've had a pretty good pulse on what is going on. Um, Said for months, Colorado was going to be the first one to defect. Now, I did say, is it UConn next? Is it Arizona next? But I said from there, I think Arizona, you know, realistically is probably the next school. But what I will also say is that up until literally Wednesday afternoon when this story broke, I've been adamant that I don't know if the the Big 12 wants the four corner schools. I know they like Arizona to go to 14. I've never believed that they wanted Arizona State and Utah. But has that changed? If the Big 10 goes to 20, are you being left behind sticking with 16, sticking with 14, excuse me, if you're the if you're the Big 12? Um, from Utah and Arizona State's perspective, those were the two schools, in my opinion, that were most adamant about making the Pac-12 work. But are they now looking at the landscape and saying there's nothing to salvage here? Everybody else, Colorado's already out. USC and UCLA are out. Arizona's looking out the side door. Uh, Oregon and Washington are looking out the side door. So now are Utah and Arizona State more interested? By the way, the inverse is true too. Is the Big 12 actually interested in them? I've heard mixed things. What did I just say about Notre Dame? Notre Dame has been adamant since the beginning of all this. We want to stay independent. We want to uh, have our own thing. We want to have our own TV deal. Do they want to be left out in a world of three to four major conferences for as long as the ACC holds tight? Do they want to be left out? Now all of a sudden what happens when the Big 10 is playing nine to 10 league games and you're not gonna be able to just schedule Stanford or USC or Michigan or whomever, whenever you want, by the way, I just mentioned it. What about the ACC? There's now rumors that Florida state is actively trying to get out of that grant of rights deal. Now I think it's harder than people realize. Everybody says, Oh, there's great lawyers. They have great lawyers. Yeah. You know, who put together that grant of rights deal. Great lawyers 10 years ago. So what I can definitively say, 
is that for the first time in this whole process, as I record, what is this about eight, eight 15 on, uh, what Wednesday night. This is the first time I can definitively say, I really actually do not know what the next steps are because I think there's so much to be figured out who goes to the big 12 and how fast, um, If nobody goes, does the Big Ten then back off and say, you know what, we're not going to be the ones that break up the Pac-12, sign a short-term deal, we'll get back to you in a few years. If one school leaves the Big 12, is that enough for, leaves the Pac-12 for the Big 12, I should say, is that enough for the Big Ten to pounce? Again, what about the ACC? Again, do you want to expand too fast if you're the Big Ten, if other schools may become available soon? So the one thing I can definitively say, man, The landscape, like this stuff is changing, forget by the day, it's changing by the hour. And for the first time, I can definitively say, I don't know what's next. The one thing I do know, everybody's looking out for themselves. And uh, other than that, all I can say is college sports is changing in front of our eyes. I can't tell you what the landscape's going to look like in, you know, 2024, a year from now. Can't tell you what it's going to look like. The latest, of course, again, Dan Wetzel, Oregon and Washington have begun exploratory conversations with the Pac-12 or the Big Ten, Cal and Stanford, maybe as well. All right, before we get out of here, there is one other realignment topic that I very briefly want to talk about. Um, and it kind of broke at the same time as the Oregon Washington conversation with the Big Ten, but I don't want to spend as much time on it because it's not that it's not as relevant. But I don't know that anything is going to happen necessarily, and it involves Florida State. Uh, Florida State for months now. If you remember, we've actually talked about this two, three, four times. Florida State is very publicly unhappy with the ACC, and essentially what Florida State's frustration is is pretty straightforward. Florida State is part of the ACC. The ACC is in this crazy ironclad TV deal that runs through 2036. They can't get out of it. And right now, that contract calls for Florida State to split revenue evenly with the other 14 schools in the ACC. So Florida State gets the same TV check at the end of every year as Boston College, as Pitt, as Syracuse, as whatever. And Florida State now for months has essentially been claiming, wait a second now, we create a disproportional amount of the revenue and they have the numbers to back it up. We we talked about it at some point, but they've done this many TV games with over five, six, seven million viewers, whatever it is. Um, but they have the, the, the data to back up. We create a disproportional amount of the revenue. We want more. And so Florida State for months has been frustrated. And on Tuesday, on, on Wednesday, excuse me, they held a little bit of a, a board of trustees meeting that kind of turned into a pep rally where the school president basically came out and said point blank, that they, quote, very seriously would consider leaving the ACC unless there is radical change to the conference's revenue distribution model. In other words, they want more. They want Boston College and uh, whoever, Georgia Tech and Wake Forest getting less. Why I don't think this is as interesting of a topic, why I'm not going to spend a ton of time discussing it, I don't really think there's much Florida State can do. I can go to my bosses at Fox Sports Radio. You can go to your bosses and say, I demand more money. But if you signed a contract, if you agreed to something, they're not obligated to commit to it. And why that's important. Florida State, as of right now, they can complain and they can whine. 
but they have ultimately nowhere that they can go, and they have ultimately no way to get out of this ACC TV contract. Remember, I won't bore you with too many details, but I've told you before, that ACC TV contract runs through 2036. I joked it was the worst deal since the Louisiana Purchase because there's no way to get out of it. And by the way, I hear all these media people, well, you know, Florida State's hiring high-powered lawyers to get out of it. It's like, yeah, guess who wrote that contract? High-powered lawyers to make sure that nobody could get out of it. I know for a fact Florida State has been trying to get out of that deal essentially since the day Texas and Oklahoma left for the SEC, and I see no way for them to do it. And so even if they're going to pay an exorbitant amount of money, you got to have another landing spot, another place to go. You have to be able to get out of that TV deal. And by the way, the way the TV deal is written is it stipulates they have control of all of your home games. And so in other words, keep in mind, if you're Florida State, you can leave the ACC, but you're going to have to pay a crazy amount of money, and the ACC will still own your home games because of the way the TV deal works. Oh, by the way, you want to go to the SEC? It's not that simple. You have to have an invite. The SEC has to know it's getting more money. Florida would have to sign off on it. And so I bring it up because, listen, I don't I don't want to beat a dead horse on this topic. I think it's fascinating. I think it sounds good. And I even get why Florida State wants to leave. The problem is it's a little bit more complicated than just wanting to leave when you have signed a contract that is essentially ironclad through 2036. So in time, could they try to get out of it? Could they maybe get out of it? Maybe. But again, the contract was written by really good lawyers to make sure that nobody could get out of it when it was originally put together. And so we'll see. Certainly, if there's a new update, a new conversation, we will have it. But while the Florida State headline is very interesting, I just don't know that there's much to it, right? Again, many of you have an employment agreement with your with, with your boss. You can complain and you can say you're underpaid. You can moan. You can whine. You can whatever. But if you're under that contract and you want to go somewhere else and they say no, there's not much you can do. And I'm just not sold that as of this second, there is very much Florida State can do as well. So again, very fun headline that I think the headline is probably better than the story itself. But again, if something changes, if something gets interesting, we will certainly discuss it. Uh, but that's really, I, 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 I don't see it. I don't think it's very easy to get done. All right. I think that's it for this bonus episode, quick episode. What was that, about 25, 30 minutes of the Aaron Torres pod? Uh, thank you, guys and girls, for tuning in. I appreciate it. That goes without saying. Uh, a couple things. If you're not subscribed, please make sure to do so to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure that you are subscribed. Make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead, give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. If you want to leave a rating and review on the Apple page, that would be very much appreciated. Uh, make sure you're following on social media, at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, at Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. That is all for today's show. We will have a Friday episode uh, and we'll see. Maybe something new will pop between now and Friday morning. It feels like there is a new twist to this realignment stuff every day and we will have you covered. Time for me to get out of here. Time for me to go. Thank you guys and girls for your support. And I'll be back Friday. Shout out to Torrent Craig. Shout out to Rachel who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Redick, you F head unblock me, bro. By the way, shout out to George Klyovkov, commissioner of the Pac-12. Shout out to Washington State and Oregon State. 
Imagine what it'd be like just not wanted in all this. I'm sorry, guys. I feel bad. We'll be back Friday. New episode of Aaron Torres Pod.